Man, I had an absolutely fantastic conversation with Abstract, my favorite rapper. What a blessing. We delved into what he does when he goes through lulls, because yes, even Abstract, a man who has created the success for himself in the music space, yes, even he goes through lulls. He even talks about how he's quite literally been able to face his introvertedness, his deep fear of performing, and he steps up on stage and does it anyway. He talks us through that. He talks us through what goes through his mind, the the mental shifts and the perspective shifts that he's had in order to be able to do that and face his fears. He talks about the times he's gone to hell and back, about the depressiveness and the anxiousness that he's experienced in his life and where all the amazing lyrics comes from in terms of how he's been able to create relatable music for so many out there that struggle. And myself, when I found his music first in 2017, man, I related so much to his music because he writes so deeply from his heart. I highly recommend tuning into uh, the following episode. I, I, I myself had many insights and I know that many of you will too. So I'm so excited to share this. So without further ado, let's get started. Off another breath. This the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So I'm actually here with my favorite rapper, um, <laughs> Abstract. Uh, quite honestly, I turned into his music first time in 2017. Uh, this track called I Do This. In fact, it's actually the intro that I used for this podcast. So <laughs> you actually just listened to a small snippet of his music, uh, which is fantastic because I actually messaged Abstract the other day asking for oh, yeah. Yeah, permission to use. Yeah, I do this, uh, which is awesome. And yeah, you gave it. So I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, big fan of the work and just the fact that, well, not only is he well known for his lyrical versatility and unique flow, it definitely demonstrates through the stories that you're able to articulate through your rapping it's absolutely incredible and so resonating i mean when i go on youtube i just see you know comments upon comments uh people just coming together about how much they resonate with their story and yours and how much you're learning from those stories that you share and from the words that you share as well it's, it's really beautiful in that sense and i mean it really shows as well because with over 500 million views and listens as well as literally about half a million monthly listens on Spotify alone as well, on top of the accumulated listens. Uh, Abstracts headlined in 2017 and sold out Munich and London, which is pretty insane, by the way. Uh, and in 2018, or was it, or 2019, uh, you released an audio-visual experience with, um, which was a superhuman experience, right? Was that two years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And that was that was very, that was quite. Um, I loved the way that each track sort of led on to the next track with the story, and then that's also linked as well to future album, a future album, and that's also linked to your past album as well. And there's this beautiful connectivity of storytelling that flows, and then also that's as well telling a story and bringing into his merch that he's literally just released, Moon Five Two. So you can definitely go and check out that cool stuff. Welcome, brother. Welcome, Luke, to the podcast. It's good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for sure. I, I appreciate you having me and all the kind words. Like, really means the world. And oh. I'm just happy to be here. Oh, man. So good. So good. And um, I'll just give people a heads up. There is a slight, slight lag, but um, I know you guys will be um, all good with it because, um, yeah, man, this is going to be an awesome conversation. I can really feel it. Um, I mean, the depth that you go with your lyrics clearly tell me about the depths that you've gone through in your own life. And I'd love to invite you to speak a little bit about that, brother, around uh, your experiences, um, whether it's been depression or anxiety for you, whatever's come to the surface for you, that's actually enabled you to come to understand a lot of these um, beautiful lessons of life that you're able to share through your music. So, do you mind just sharing a little bit about your story leading up to you becoming a rapper and even through that as well? Um, it's it's definitely something, it started very early on writing-wise. Uh, when I was in first grade, my teacher told my mom that I would probably be a writer. I, that was like the earliest sign, I think, of where 
my head was at and, and I'm very I don't know what it spurs from I I think it spurs from a lot of this insatiable want to be understood um and understand things at the same time I, I grew up my mom always says this like I was I'm an observer I wasn't loud I wasn't you know as I grew up I became a little more boisterous I got into my uh wild teenage years a little bit here and there but um I was definitely an observer. I, I take things in. I, I I want to understand my surroundings and my, you know, as I grew up even more so my place and all of whatever this is and whatnot. Um, and so I grew up very early on. My mom would put me into piano lessons. Um, she would have a, this lady come by like every week. We had a grand piano in our house. Um, I was very young at the time. As I grew up, I got more into rock and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I want to play the guitar. Um, went into guitar lessons for a while. Then I was super into drums. Um, and so I kind of had this musical journey early on, and I left it when I was probably 13, 14, 15. I, I kind of just stopped doing anything musical. I, I, I guess I did do band in middle school, um, and my teacher – Shout out to Ed Dummer. Great guy. He means well. But I was someone who I wouldn't read music. I was definitely, I was the guy who was like, I want to do this myself. Like, I'm going to play. I, I was normally like on the snare or something in, in band. Um, and I would just do my own thing. I, I'd, re, I'd follow my friends and stuff like that and then just improvise. That was my, I went by ear. Like, That's I always so cool. was super musical, but I hated it. What was the inspiration with that for you? Like, yeah, why, even why, with why like did Legos. you want to go on, on a whim like that? Like, what was there something that was inspiring it, or is it just something that you just went on a whim? I think freedom of expression for me was something very early on that I wanted. It wow. was like, I, I even, like I was saying, like Legos, like I would go off and create like you know whatever the pack of legos was i was like i'm gonna build what i want to out of this like i like mm -hmm. i was very against reading the inst instructions and someone telling me this is how it should be built and this is what you have to make um i was always someone who was like i want to do my own like i know that i can pull it off but i want to do what i think feels right or what i hear that was something very early on that i noticed about myself musically especially was I wasn't interested in some kind of, you know, cookie cutter approach to mm. pretty much anything. I, I, I really wanted to make my own interpretation of whatever medium I was given, um, especially with music. Even at, even now, like, I literally, I've lost all of that knowledge I had from learning piano as a kid. I oh, wow. really, when I write, when I go into a, a session, when I do anything, I just go by what feels right, what sounds right to me, organically being like, this is what I feel this should be. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something that, I don't know, I, 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 for me at the end of the day, whether it's as an entrepreneur, as an independent artist, or as a creative, I value freedom above everything else. It's, and it's not a anti you know authoritarian thing for me it's literally just my ability to be free to express myself in the way i want it, it's not like i have some sort of complex because i I've, I've definitely investigated myself to be like why do i do this and it doesn't come from an anti-authority thing it's more of pure freedom of expression and, and i think it's something i've always had in me and, it, and i just through what I do and my job that I'm lucky to have and very thankful to have become my full-time job. Uh, I've just grown into more and more is that freedom to express myself as I see fit in, in the ways that I, I best feel I can. So good. So good. And then transitioning the long-winded response. Of course, yeah. And, yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. And you're obviously very creative and very musical from an early age, which is fantastic. And then there's of course a bridge to, where you are now right so being able to actually um utilize your um, music as your career which is fantastic and of course that transition uh, would have taken you know a few uh there would have been a few massive steps that would need to be taken in order to actually come to that place so what was that bridge what were those steps that needed to be taken so that you could 
actually come from this place where music was just a expression for you to not only now being an expression, but also your career and your life? I think it definitely, um, there was a lot of, I, I, I think writing wise, I was always very proficient. I knew it, but when I started out my voice, uh, especially for rap, I didn't know what I wanted to sound like, what, what I actually did sound like. So actually fine tuning my flow and cadence and my voice kit just came from before I even started getting traction. I already had four mixtapes out, I'd say. Um, cause I didn't know how to promote wow. myself. I, awesome. And I look back and I like, right. well, if, if I had known, if I had known how to promote myself, I would have been this much farther. But at the same time, all those failed steps and promoting myself that entire time I was honing my craft and learning how to express myself yeah. better and, and becoming a better artist so that when I did figure out that part, I was more ready for it. Um, so I'm very thankful for the fact that I didn't know what the hell I was doing, to be quite honest. But in the long run, it helped me yeah. have that time to fine tune, you know, sharpen the edges figure out who I really wanted to be. And I'm still figuring that out. That That's a constant evolution, you know. Um, mm. But, you know, the, the things that you think that are your flaws, a lot of times, if you persevere through them, actually become your strengths. Um, and that's what I found really? over, you know, yeah. the, especially the beginning of my career. Yeah, I, I love that you took that exact... Um... Uh, I suppose you could call it weakness or flaw or whatever you want to call it, but you actually did utilize it to your strength. You're able to actually develop yourself to a greater extent before uh, reaching a greater audience, which is so beautiful. I love that. And where did traction start to come into play? What did it take for you to actually build that traction? Because um, I'm sure there were many difficulties along the way as well. Uh, and what really enabled you to, I suppose, really start to build an audience with your work? I mean, I, I tried to go to college three times, um, w w twice at the same college, which is a terrible idea because if I left the first time, I, there's probably a reason. Um, <laughs> it wasn't for me uh, at all. Hmm. Um, I went to, when the music wasn't, it, it was doing okay, but it wasn't making me money. Like I couldn't live off of it. I finally was like, okay, I'll go to the art Institute in Seattle and pursue a career that's within music but is not 100% what I want to do and I did that and in doing that I found out that the school I went to very much wanted to hammer me into being a a service to the industry I wanted to be front and center of um, and that was something mm -hmm. for me where I was like I told my mom this I was like this is great like I know that all of my my extended family is like Oh, he's doing something that's going to give him a degree, like like the, 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 this quintessential societal version of what success is within the field you want to pursue. But I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do, and I felt like the whole time there, they were trying to hammer me into a service of the industry. And I told my mom this, like I was saying, I I felt like my soul was being, you know, like the soul of what I was doing and why I wanted to do it was just being chipped away until I was just a service. And I was like, that's not what I want out of this. I, I don't want to just be an in-house audio engineer. That's not what I want. I, I want to be on the stage. And that's not, and anyone who knows me knows I'm petrified of performing. Petrified. I love it wow, when I'm on the really? stage, but the thought of it scares wow. the hell out of me. The thought of, dude, the, the lead up to tour is one of the most nerve wracking things. Wow. I'm, I'm. Honestly, I'm an introvert. Like that's why that's why writing is comes so second nature to me. I love being in the studio alone. I love writing. I love crafting stuff. I love making things, whether it's the merge through Moon Five Two or songs. I like nine times out of ten, I choose to be in the studio over performing. But mm. once I am performing, I get into a mode. I everyone I know kind of knows this about me. I'm definitely an introvert who learned how to be extroverted because creation and performance is two different things. The creation is very much yeah. introverted. Um, you know, you have a lot of stars who they're extroverted people. There's, there's introverted people who write their songs for them and they are the people who can go out on a stage and perform them to the best of your ability. As an independent artist, I have to know how to switch on both. I have to know 
Wow. You know, all my songs are written by me. All these lyrics are, I don't yeah. sit in a room with writers. I'll write for other people and I'll write with other people, but not for my own songs. Um, mm. So all of this stuff that I do in a very introverted place within the studio, uh, you know, very intimate, very much a relationship with myself and how I want to ex express myself and work through whatever I have to to create the song. Because uh, I treat music very much as a therapeutic process, nine times out of ten. Um, but the, the idea of performing, once once I'm on tour and I get over the third show on tour, I'm in it. I'm in a mode. I'm someone where mm -hmm. I do have ADD, so I do get into hyper-focus and I can get into this space where it's like, this is your life. This is what you're doing for the next three weeks. You're in it. And once I get there, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Wow. I'm great. But the weeks leading up to tour are petrifying for me because it's not, it's something that I literally have to throw myself into and be like, this is your reality now deal with it. And then I'm good. But the thought of tour is petrifying yeah. to me. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that brother. That, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, that you've been able to come to this place that you can literally lean into that resistance of, uh, fear that arises when it comes to performance and of course there would have been uh, there would have been a, a time initially um, when you first started performing when that fear would have been probably at its peak what did it take for you to be able to lean into that because I know I know personally a lot of people yeah. actually that um, have a, a massive fear of um, like they've got social anxiety or they've just got generally a fear of speaking groups um, I actually work with many people that are in that situation as well. What did it take for you to um, be able to lean into that so that you could start uh, really executing on your dream? I think the biggest thing is the biggest fear for me is when I put stuff out on the internet, it's like, you can like it or hate it. That's fine. I, I don't yeah. care. I'm not seeing you in person. You're going to leave your comment regardless. Luckily I get a lot more love than I get hate. But um, awesome. when you make things like for me, these aren't these aren't stories in my music. They, these aren't things I made up. These are things I. This is my deepest truths and deepest fears and deepest ambitions mm. that I'm literally projecting out on a stage to all of you. And if you don't accept that song, you don't accept me. So wow. that it, it, when it's so real to you and it's such a intense amalgamation of your honesty of who you are and what you are. That was something that took me a long time to disconnect from that and be like, if you don't like wow. this song, this is the truth to me. This is who I am. You know, do with that what you will. But it is a hard thing to go out and be like, I'm putting my truth out on the stage of who I am and what I've gone through. And if you don't love it, you don't love me. And that's mm -hmm. like a very hard thing to get over, especially when you write from such an intensely personal space uh, to yes. project it out in such a public way. Um, and have it not be because at the end of the day if you're you know boiling down your truth and your honesty and everything you are into a song and you start to think that you know there, there there's there's no boundary between the two and so if they don't like the song they don't like me like, like my story mm. and who i am overall is not worthy of your attention or your praise or anything and that that's all that's something that was definitely hard to overcome um to be like you know what i'm the one on the stage i'm the one who decided that i have the confidence to be up here and speak my truth and perform you're regardless of what you think of me you're here and if you don't decide to have fun or decide to relate to it or decide to respect it that's on you that's a projection of you and so I can't take that personally. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good, brother. So good. It's like even if you don't even if you don't enjoy it, you have to respect it. Such a good point. And was it the understanding of that that really enabled you to uh disconnect, if you will, from uh that whole thought process of if they don't love the music, then they don't love me. Um, then that's a personal attack on me. The disconnect of that was that because of the understanding or was there another factor that came into play that enabled that i think there's an understanding that's come from also my personal relationships where um i took a lot of things personally but it, it, it's it, i'm a big believer that the micro affects the macro and vice versa mm. um and 
I think it was an understanding that I've come to over the years, and I still come to an understanding with, that a lot of times it's not about you. It's about the way people treat you as a reflection of themselves. Um, mm. Even if it's a random person who's, you know, just in the back of the the back of the venue, just crossing their arms, they're not open to you. They're not open to anything. That's a reflection of them. It's not on you. You're out here giving your truth. And even with my personal relationships, it's like I could lay it all down. I, and I have, I do. I, I don't know how to not be honest with people. I feel like I'm not, if I have secrets or if I'm withholding, I feel terrible about it. Uh, but mm. I, I, but as someone like that, for a long time, I thought everyone else felt the way I did. I was like, oh, if someone's, but not everyone works that way. Not everyone thinks that way. And, and that's a big disconnect that you have to create is like, you have to stop thinking that everyone is the same as you. Not everyone has your best interest. Not everyone hmm. wants to see you win, even though you want to see everyone win and you hope to have everyone's best interest at heart. Not everyone is like that. And so that was a big thing over the past couple of years is how much projection has gone in, on in my life that I took personally. Wow. Um, where it was really coming from their own shit. They were crossing their arms and you, you – if someone wants to be open, they'll be arms wide open for you. Mm. And them crossing their arms is a projection of their own shut off to the world. They're not shutting you off. They're just a shut off mm. person. Like, and, and there's nothing you can do about that. That's a, that's a personal evolution they have to go through. It's Quality a hard truth to uh, come to, to terms with. but Yes. Yes, it is. Definitely. Definitely. But it's what's enabled you to come to the place where you can actually perform uh, in a confident way rather than in um, by the sounds of it, a place of fear and a place of worry, uh, which is absolutely awesome because it naturally, of course, probably affects your performance or ability to perform in that state as well. It's fantastic. And what I'd love for you to um, speak on really briefly is now that transition from being this uh, introverted writer, if you will, uh, and musician to this um, putting in or on this extroverted character or um, really raising your extrovertedness so that you can um, come to that place of performance. I'm sure that there was many challenges that came along the way, uh, not just on stage, but also off. Uh, what would you say has probably been the biggest challenge in both your career and your personal life up until now that you've had to overcome? I think um, biggest thing is definitely self-love has been the hardest thing for me. Wow. Um, yes. I put myself in situations with people who, yeah, like, like, especially in my personal life, it's something where I'm very much like, I, I, I do have a line in the new album. That's very much like, I love everything that don't come easy. Like I love challenge. And it's part of the reason that I do music is like, mm -hmm. I love the fact that no matter how much I do, no matter how much, how good I get, no matter what I do, there's going to be some aspect of what I do that I can improve upon. Um, it's challenging. It, 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 it keeps me on my toes. And so I tend to find, my, find myself in relationships with people who are insatiable, uh, super hard to, you know, will never be happy with no matter how much you do, no matter how much you um, give to that relationship. It's just something that and so I think that's been a big thing that for the last two years, I've definitely tried to work on with myself is, you know, out of self-love, know what you deserve. And also, you know, when to, even with my music, it's like, you know, I've had times in my life where I'm completely consumed with my work. Um, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't fair to the people around me. It wasn't, um, but that's because I felt like I had to make it hard for myself to complete the vision that I, you know, it, it, to be worthy of, you know, any praise I had to go through hell to put it out, you know, stuff like that. And yes. it's the same thing with relationships, my personal relationships, where it's like, it, it, unless it's like I'm freaking treading against the, the current, it doesn't feel like, you know, I, I have to feel like, oh, keep me on my toes, you know all this stuff. And like, I'm finding out that, you know, that's, I don't know what it spurs from, but it's not the most healthy approach to my relationships or my art. Like you got to find people who are in your corner, you know, on your best days and on your worst days. And it's the same thing with music. It's like, 
you know, I have times where I'm like, I should be productive, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, like maybe I just take this week to like take care of myself. And, you know, it's all part of the process. Even if I feel like I'm not adding to the process, this downtime is part of my process overall. And I just have to let that ebb and flow, you know? Wow. Yes. Yes. That's, that's actually something that I'm working on myself, brother, is actually just that is giving myself the space when I need it rather than always feeling like I'm needing, I'm needing to be yep. sort of on that hamster wheel, if you will. Um, now, you mentioned that in the last two years, it's been a focus of yours. So before then, that clearly wasn't, of course, um, something that was a predominant focus for you. Uh, so what was it like living in, in that sort of state for you uh, when there was sort of that lack of uh, self-love, if you will, what sort of uh, difficulties did that arise for you? I think it was very much something where I, I was cognizant of it, but I didn't take the time to um, address it. it. It's something mm-hmm. where it's like, even my new album is like, I dive into a lot of that of like, I know my habits of what I tend to look for and, you know, why I'm attracted to chaos and why I feel comfortable within chaos. And, um, you know, it's something where for a long time it was like always waiting for a shoe to fall. Like I I knew that like when everything was going great, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, it's just that mindset of like, it's just expected. Um, and then I realized like over the last two years that like, I should not be looking at things that way. Like, like there's no reason I should put myself in situations where I'm like, Oh, the shoe's going to fall. Like, like there, there's no reason I should be living in anxiety with the people I surround myself with, Mm. um, and the work I do like, like, like it's not healthy. Like I just thought it was part of a my reality and it's kind of breaking free of that to be like. No, this is just the reality you choose to live in. Wow. Um, and you're enforcing yes. it on yourself by saying that it, it, you're like normalizing it for yourself. And that's like something, especially in my music, I've done for a long time, a lot longer than I've actually physically, cognitively. I don't, I don't leave. Yes, I'll get into my really dark stuff and, you know, my hard times with my music and stuff like that. But I don't like to leave my listeners in a hole. I want to yeah. write myself out of it. I I always want to write myself out of it by the end of the song or the end of the album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Do you have a specific uh, song that you've uh, written as of yet that has the utmost meaning for you or really is, um, is closest to your heart? I'd say something just as a, uh, to give an example of me writing through something and trying to write myself out of that hole while also taking people out of theirs. Uh, not alone with Rose comes to mind for sure. Right. Um, because I actually like that, that, that's like, I, I do it a lot, but like quintessentially looking at it, um, easily, you can tell from that song that I literally wrote myself out of a hole I had created for myself. Um, wow. you know, in the beginning, it's a lot of struggle about, and, and by the end, I've led people out of that dark place I was in as well as myself. So I found a lot of therapy. And I I do find a lot of therapy, but I'd say not alone is a very easy one to notice that in. Um, And Mm -hmm. I do it with most of my songs, but to give you an example or or anyone listening, an example of something that's easily able to identify that journey of therapeutically writing myself out of a hole, not alone comes to mind for sure. Wow. And what was the dark situation or experience for you with that particular lyric with not alone? that you were able to actually write yourself out of. Yeah, it was something where I was just down on myself. And right. then by the end of the song, I was like, I started to look at the positive things and the good things that had happened and started to appreciate what I had instead of what I had lost or what I truly wanted or thought I truly wanted. Um, and I think that was the process of the song is like, I, 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 we released it around Thanksgiving and I, I think I pointed to this in one of my posts is, um, it's very cliche, but you know, the idea of, you know, being grateful for what you have is very hard, especially in a realm that I'm in of music where, yeah, anything like this in the arts is like, we always want the next big thing. We always want the next song. We always want the next, you know, 
And sometimes we got to step back and just to reconnect with ourselves and ground ourselves, it's important to be grateful for what you already have. Mm. And I feel like that's something that's lost in this day and age, especially, you know, with relationships, people, we live in an era where more than ever, people are not willing to work on things. They're just like, well, this wasn't perfect. Um, I can go on Tinder and swipe right a couple times and try again. And that that's just ridiculous. It, 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 because uh, I feel now more than ever, we live in an era of lust over love and love has been lost in the, in the long run. You know, love is something like back in the day, my, my grandparents, you know, my grandma would, I don't know how many years she waited for my grandpa to get back from war. Like, she didn't have a Tinder to go, oh, I wonder what else is out there while he's fucking <laughs> protecting the country, you know? Yeah. Like, but, but nowadays, it's like it's very much like instead of the hard work, the hard conversations, the uh, opportunities to be vulnerable and open, we're just so open to being like, oh, well, this isn't working. Uh, let me find my Disney perfect thing for a couple months and then figure out that that's not working either and just continue mm -hmm. my life just – we're, we're I'm way more comfortable moving forward and moving on than actually moving with someone. And I think that's something that's kind of been lost. And I hope we come back to it at some point. That's so good. And you, you mentioned something quite beautiful there, which is around the aspect that gratitude is a very difficult thing to come by, yet it's been a real gift in, in your life, um, clearly. Um, I know it's been a big gift in mine. And coming to gratitude for me was actually a very difficult and long road, quite honestly. I, I really struggled myself with depression, anxiety. Uh, for a long time and coming to a place where I actually could feel grateful, that was a big gig for me, man. Um, like I'd do gratitude journals every morning and it took me probably about two or three years before I started actually to feel what it was that I was writing. And what was it for you that really enabled you to start to bring more gratitude into your life, especially being in the industry that you're in where it's all about more, more, more? Well, I think it's something that I had to reconnect. I, I try to keep the child in me very alive there, there's things i do um i'm still a massive marvel nerd i'm still a massive star oh, yeah. wars nerd i play yeah. pokemon go like all Yo. this stuff that like you know quintessential like i i there's so much of myself like i feel i felt like a professional child since i was 22 like i i've <laughs> aged so cool. but i feel like i've been 22 since i was 22 wow um and, does that, and it's um, something uh, that's part of what i love with what i do is the freedom so oh, my bad no no you're all good brother we you're got the good. lag we're, we're managing it we're managing it though we're doing well um but i was just gonna say does that sort of align with uh the song that you wrote which was 22 with delaney uh and that song did really well i mean it's got you know um, almost 12 million on spotify which is actually pretty fantastic and that's definitely not one of one of his it's not his biggest hit at all i'm um, not far not far from it um yet uh that um song i know had a big impact in many people's lives um, i'm sure you got a lot of messages ar around that um was there something around that day and age for you that yep. was a shift to bring you more into this childlike nature the weird thing with 22 is i bet i very much felt it was too personal it was too long it would never really hit but it was something personally for me where i was like let me just checkpoint my journey from 17 to 22 chasing this dream hmm. um and it's very it's not it's very, very specific. That That's why I was like, people won't feel this. You know, how many kids have went from New Jersey to Wyoming to Laramie, Wyoming to Seattle? And, you know, who's going to relate to this? Like, who's going to relate mm -hmm. to this wild journey that I've had chasing this dream? But what people took from it was, I even go home when I go to Jackson, Wyoming, and I uh, went to my friend's graduation party or her, my friend's sister's graduation party and they're years younger than us um and all these kids were like oh what's up they were so stoked that i was there and i was like this is and like a song they kept bringing up was 22 and i was like this is so wild because wow. i felt that song was so specific it's also almost a six and a half minute song like who's gonna sit through that <laughs> like that that was my big when i put it out i was like it wasn't even a single for the album i was like eh, be someone will enjoy it like mm. but the way that people related to my extremely specific personal story kind of blew my mind um because if, if people go listen to it it's it's not some you know artsy take on my journey it's literally laying out my journey through chasing this dream and mm. somehow 
you know, big shout out to Noob3. He has it as his outro song on YouTube, and that got a lot of people into oh, it and awesome. got a lot of people to find my music. Um, but it, it's something that kind of blew my mind. I was like, there's no reason why this should have been as big as it is. But it broke all rules of, you know, people say, you know, three-minute songs for streaming. Um, you know, make it specific, but pretty general so more people can relate to it. And it broke all of those rules. Wow. It, it, it's literally this unicorn of a success. I know that it spoke a lot about the personal story that you've had. Um, what would you say has been maybe the darkest time, if you will, uh, that you've had to move through and uh, shift from along your journey? Because, I mean, it's been, you've had such a crazy wild journey. You went to freaking Stockholm to you know meet with these um, um, individuals that enabled for your project to, to come together. Um, you went on a crazy journey after that, even. Um, and even now, you're on, you're on a bit of a crazy journey during this whole COVID situation as well. So, I mean, there's been so much happening in your life that you've been able to um, write and share about. Has it been a darkest point for you? I've definitely had a couple of dark points. I, I have I have months where I'm extremely productive and extremely positive, and then I'll just be down for a week wow. and a half. I literally yes. will not want to see anyone. I'll Postmates all my food. It's uh, But it's just, this is what I was talking about earlier. Is just, I don't beat myself up over oh, it nowadays. So I'm just yes. like, this is part of my process. Like you, you're, you know, I've had two personal relationships in the last, you know, four or five years that have definitely put me into very dark spaces. Mm. Um, you know, even when I was maybe 2013, 14, I was very much like, this isn't working. Like, yeah, the, the views are great. People even go to songs like I'm good and stuff. And they're like, Oh, like all that. And I'm like, I was so broke then. I, the music wow. was not my life. I, I was working two jobs, you know, 6 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. at night, two different jobs. I was just trying to get back to Seattle at the time, not even going to go to school at the time. I was just like, I want to go to the city again. Um, and, you know, there, there's definitely, there were definitely dark stuff, but great, even my new album, like, I went through hell with a woman for about a year. Um, the worst parts in the last couple months of that relationship, but it gave me an album. Like it, it gave wow. me, you know, a new approach to how I, I've been working on this rock album. For, Was this the album? Sometimes I have to die. Are you referring to that? Yes, it, yeah. it definitely. Sometimes I have to die as an EP that actually yeah. the final single comes out tonight. Oh. Um, but it's, uh, it's nodding to all that, but the rock album is definitely more my heavy handed. Oy. Here's how I feel. And this yeah. is also, it, it's also a therapeutic thing of like me identifying why I put myself in those situations and uh, just being 100% open about, you know, yeah, it sucked. Those people screwed me over. But at the end of the day, I lacked self-love enough to love myself to leave those situations. Oh. I, I, I did end up leaving the most recent one, but it, it it definitely comes down to, you know, yeah, they're messed up humans who mess with me a whole lot, but I lack self-love and allowed myself to be in that situation. Yeah. So that's a lot of wow. the, what the album is about, um, is identifying that, you know, yeah, it wasn't on me for them to do all these things to me, but I also allowed myself through a lack of self-love to have those things happen to me and put myself in that situation. Wow. And that's what a lot of the new album addresses, for sure. Man, um, thank you for sharing that. That's huge. And um, you, you've mentioned self-love quite a few times. What is self-love to you? What, 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 what does that mean? Is it no self-sabotage? Or how do you, what do you relate to, self, to self-love? I think it's, learning to avoid self-sabotage also um what i was talking about earlier is like i have this thing in me where you know i love everything that doesn't come easy like and that's i don't know what instilled that in my head or but like it's not healthy and mm. also it's like not everything you need to accomplish has to make you go through hell um and that's something for a long time. And I think that's the tortured art, artist thing. Like I'm definitely a victim of the tortured, tortured artist mentality where I'm like, 
I have to suffer for my art or put myself in situations that will make me suffer for my art and stuff like that. And that's something that, you know, who knows how long it'll take for me to fully rid myself of that. But Mm. I am, you know, the first step towards change is awareness. Mm. And I feel like that's the stage I'm in currently. Love that. And I'd love to invite you to speak around when you do go through those lulls, um, because you mentioned, you know, you go through that sort of month, month and a half where you're just going through a lull and that happens every now and again. Now, man, I know so many people, I mean, I myself used to go through many months on end through lulls, honestly, um, that it took, took, take a very long time to come out where I wouldn't feel happy for a long time. And I, I mean, I know many people that also go through those lulls that have no guidance, no idea what to do, completely confused, completely lost, um, sabotaging themselves incredibly. What would you say to those people that do go through those? And what would you recommend that they maybe uh, shift to with perspective or focus on when you're in those moments? I think it's important to understand the root of where they come from. It's like sometimes your body is just telling you to slow down, like especially Mm -hmm. In this day and age, everyone around you is posting on Instagram what they're doing, what they're accomplishing, who they know, all this stuff. And you look at that and you compare your life and you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm just in this bed for a couple of days. And it's like, yeah, it can get to you. But at the same time, what I was talking about earlier is like, just identify it as part of your process, just to be like, you know what? Because I've gotten into those times where it's like, I'll just beat my head against my computer and be like, why can't I write? Um, but the more you do that, the more you're just kind of in quicksand struggling. Wow. wow. Um, and if you just allow yourself to drop through the quicksand into, you know, whatever state you need to be in to just recoup and reassess and reground yourself, that's important. Like, oh like it, 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 a lot of times it's your body telling you just hit the brakes for a second, like regardless of what timeline you're comparing yours to right now. Just honor it. Don't don't fight against the current right now. Just flow with it, and you'll get back to your like you always do. You've done it before. Mm-hmm. You come back, but just allow yourself to you know float where you need to for the moment, and know that it'll bring you to where you need to be. Because at the end of the day, it's part of your process. Mm-hmm. It's just part of it. So good, so good, and it's, it's definitely something that um, I can relate to around. Um, yeah, the self-sabotage being a limiting factor when allows come in the past and not being able to uh, come to this place of allowance and of surrender and of acceptance for that um, experience that had come up. I mean, I was always fighting it, always trying to resist it, um, always, um, and that would come out through as anxiety and panic and eventually panic attacks because um, I just couldn't stand it and I was so frustrated with where I was. Um, so yeah, I definitely relate to what you shared there. That's, um, I, I really love that. Thank you for that. Now, because you've been through so much and of course I know that, um, some of it was self-imposed and then some of it, of course, naturally, you know, life has its difficulties. What would you say has been your biggest lesson out of everything? What comes to mind when I ask you that? I think it's, we're all writing a story, you know, and, and, there's a big thing in, uh, I don't know if you listen to Alan Watts, but I'm a big Alan Watts yeah. fan. Awesome. And uh, it's the idea of, yeah, it's um, The Good Place also talks about this too, the TV show. Um, if everything was perfect all the time, and this comes back to what we were talking about, about gratefulness, we wouldn't appreciate it at all. There, there, there's no contrast. If you don't have contrast to the good you wouldn't appreciate the good ever. It's impossible. Uh, What Alan Watts talks about is a lot of Eastern religion is this idea of the Godhead. And basically it's, it's a theory on our existence that is, you know, if you were a God, you would get bored. And if you would, you would create your own dream scenarios to live in. And yes, the first level you would make perfect and everything is great and everything is you know, exactly as it should be. And then you'd get bored because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, there's no up and down there. There's, so what you would do is you would start to introduce conflict. You would start to introduce troubles. You'd make it more interesting for yourself. Um, 
because without the contrast, without dark, there can't be light. Without mm-hmm. light, there can't be dark. I mean, uh, it, 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 yes, we'd love our lives to be perfect all the time, and we'd love for it to be beautiful, and but then we wouldn't appreciate it at all. It would just be this, this, you know, the good place. What I was talking about earlier, um, great TV show, Kirsten Bell, um, is a. Uh, you know, they, they, there's this one episode where they go to heaven and everyone's just basically zombies. They're like, we've been here forever. Nothing ever happens. Everything's perfect. Yes. But you know, how long can you live in that? Honestly, it's like, if everything's expected and everything is perfect, it's like, well, what's the use to be quite honest? There, there's no contrast. There's nothing to, you know, compare it to where you're like, oh, this is good. Um, so I think, you know, we all lust for this perfect life, but I think if we had it, we'd, we'd hate it, be quite honest. And it's like, yes, in the end, we want to get to an understanding with ourselves of, you know, being a content place at some point in our lives. But, you know, your twenties, your thirties, your forties, fifties, you know, let it be a roller coaster because when you get to that, you know, 55 year old, you know, you found your person, you're settled down. You won't appreciate it if you haven't been through the ringer, you know, it's, it's, you gotta have it. It, It's, and we hope that we can learn to accept it once we have it. That's the thing. So good. So good, man. Uh, Do you have any like specific tools that you lean into uh, when challenges come up for you? I think, um, a big thing I talk about with people, especially creatives, is uh, sponge theory, which I have. We're all sponges. Uh, as humans, you know, we, we, we are born without knowing much at all. We're taught everything, just about everything. You know, our subconscious organs work and whatnot. Um, we know how to breathe. Um, we don't know how to eat. Uh, it, 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 we're sponges. We, everything that we know about ourselves has been passed down from it's not innately within us from our from the womb we have to be taught you know every every decade we learn a little more and we're able to pass that down to our offspring and whatnot so we're all sponges um and a lot of kids i know will bang their head against their computer just sit in a dark room in their studio for you know however long and they're going why do i have nothing why can't i create it's because mm. you're a sponge and you haven't taken any time to soak up anything. So when you people hit those oh, lulls in their yeah. process or their progress, you, you got to take time to read, to go out and live, to, to watch movies, to read books. Uh, I said that twice, but to take things in, to take life in, because if you don't soak up anything, when you go to squeeze the sponge in the studio or whatever you may do as a painter or, a, um, you know, whatever creative endeavor you're on or even anything like an architect or anything you have to go out and look at buildings you have to be inspired you have to soak things up because if you don't have anything soaked up when you go to squeeze it nothing's going to come out and yeah you're going to feel crazy but if you continue to sit in that room where you're not soaking anything up and you're just this dry sponge wondering why you have nothing in you that's why you haven't there's nothing in there so I think that's an important thing is like when you do feel yeah. those lulls is consume, you know, uh, consume content, consume inspiration, consume stories, consume experiences. Um, and that's the best way to fill your tank for, for what you're trying to do. And, and just like I was saying earlier, listen to your body that maybe that's what it wants. Listen to your brain. So good. So good. And is that um, sort of like a little bit of mantra you've got going on when those lulls do happen is like, is just. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let it happen. Yeah. Because the more you yeah. fight against it, you're in quicksand. You're just digging a hole for yourself. Totally. And um, you mentioned how you take time to really fill up that sponge. What are some things that you do like, um, to really fill your sponge up? What are some things you love? I'd say reading. Reading. I do watch a lot of TV shows. I, I'm not a cable guy. I'm not a fan. Um, more like Netflix, Hulu. Um, I'm a big, you know, what I was talking about with Marvel, Star Wars, um, yeah. big sci-fi guy for sure. Um, I listen to music, you know, I'll, even with whatever I'm working with, I'm usually 
immersing myself like currently i'm listening to you know all time low i'm listening to the story so far i'm listening to mgk's new album i'm listening to um a, a green day arctic monkeys a lot of things that i grew up nostalgically uh, around and i'm cool. uh, currently in the process of creating yeah. a project myself and that so those are things where it's like i'm not working but i'm working like 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 it's not it's not yeah. it, it's not an active thing i mean i guess it's still an active thing but it's just things where it's like even going out with friends you know meeting with people talking with old friends getting on the phone just you know filling up your tank as a human you know the the biggest thing about any creative endeavor is we're at the end of the day um encapsulating our human experience so if you're not having human experiences you're gonna have nothing to encapsulate um and so that's what I think is important, especially with the low thing. You know, I know that we all feel like, oh, we have to retreat into our shell, talk to no one. And I do this. I'm definitely I'm guilty of it as well. But at the end of the day, mm. you know, we are at our core. Humans are the only way we were able to survive was surrounded by each other. We had, you know, in the beginning, we had tribes. Uh, you know, a support system, these small villages that would, you know, we didn't, we live in a much more disconnected society than we ever have, where we're self-sufficient. I could be in my apartment, get food, get information, and never leave. I don't need to interact with the village. I don't need to, but it's extremely important because our brains haven't really evolved in about, you know, depending on what you believe, but, you know, thousands Mm. on thousands on thousands and thousands of years. We are, what I was talking about earlier, we are, our knowledge of the world is the collective consciousness of everything that's come before us. It's not something Mm. we're born innately with. We, 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 we are sponges. We, that's why we're put through school. There's probably other reasons that we are, but we're put through school and we're put through these, you know, learning mechanisms of how to operate within a society we currently do today from the collective knowledge of what has come before us. Um, but the way we live, uh, the, the self-sufficiency thing, though it's beautiful and the freedom of it is, we still need people. We, we need to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we get into these lows, we feel like we just want to retreat. But more than ever, that's probably when we should reach out and uh, rehumanize ourselves, I guess. So what's next for Abstract? What's next? You, you mentioned rock, which is, I love that. Oh, I've been having a blast. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with this album. I've been able to bring in a lot of friends I've had over the years where it was like, it never really made sense for us to collaborate. And finally, I'm on a wavelength where it's like, oh, let's work together. Let's make this happen. Let's, you know, add your guitar in here, have another homie do drums and stuff like that. So it's been really fun to dive into something that like my teenage self would be like, I love this. Like mm-hmm. like the, my angsty, I, I, I felt more angsty than you know, a lot of people say this, and I agree. I feel like the 90s, late 90s, 2000s are back. Uh, oh. People are unhappy. We, we're reassessing the status quo. Um, you know, you look at Olivia Rodrigo's album. She's 17, and uh, I feel like she's going to be – I think she's 17. She's in that realm right now. But she'll be mm-hmm. the soundtrack for a lot of these teenagers coming up. She's going to be their Taylor Swift, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um and it's because we live in a time where we're no longer trusting of, you know, the uh, the government, you know, the, the the even our social media apps where we don't trust it. We're, we're angsty. We're angry. We're we're left with, you know, we've been through two recessions. We just went through a pandemic. We're like, we're this generation that's like, what the hell is going on? Like, like you dumped a lot of stuff that onto us. And uh, I definitely feel like punk is back. I feel like rock is back. I feel like um, we're definitely going through a, uh, resurgence of this, uh, anti-establishment that, um, you know, was experienced in in the late nineties, early two thousands. And we're going through that again. And, um, I'm all for it. (laughs) I am, I, I have always been on this tip, even within my music so far as, uh, you know, but, um, I'm really having a lot of fun with the rock album, doing something that nostalgically, you know, I grew up listening to this type of stuff. Um, 
though I love hip hop to death and it, it, it's something that will always live with me and I'll continue to create it. It's something for me just to uh, appease, I guess, the teenager in me. And also, I'm a big believer in, you know what I was saying earlier, I want to be understood. And there's certain ways, you know, I can make a song in one genre that won't, the message won't come across the same. Uh, and so over mm. the last year, in the last year and a half, I'd say, this was the best way to express myself. Um, I, I could do it through hip hop mm. and I'm, I'm doing it on more of a new wave R&B tip with Sometimes I Have to Die. But to really get my point across and also hone in on um, a big part of who I am musically, it made sense. Um, and I, I'm really... Outside of that, I'm really diving into the merch stuff. I've been doing, we did sneakers earlier this year. We're doing uh, Letterman jackets in the winter. We're doing baseball jerseys. I'm doing a lot more than your typical, you know, artist slap their logo on a, on a shirt. Um, really getting into the designer toy world. Um, really trying to make Moon 5-2 have a life of its own. So just... As always, my big thing is just bringing ideas to life. And I, I think that's what, you know, uh, I'm going to continue to do, whether that's I want to do video games, want to do movies, want to do books and um, step by step getting there. So good, man. So good. You're building a freaking empire, man. That's awesome. I'm having fun. I love it. I love what I get to do. I, I can't say it enough. And you've really built that for yourself. What would you say to someone that is maybe at the start of their journey where they're wanting to build something for themselves? I mean, you're a great example of um, what it's taken. What would you say to those people? I think it's important to be honest. Don't be afraid of being vulnerable. Uh, allow yourself to encompass everything that you are through what you're doing. Uh, that's a big thing. I know we all start out wanting to you know, sound like our favorite artists, sound like our idols, but it's important to remember why they are your idols to you. It's because you related to them mm -hmm. on a heavy level and understand that if you allow yourself to be related to on a heavy level, you will create the same thing. Don't, don't, don't miss. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to sound like my idol to get that same love. No, the reason you know, even I, I talk to a lot of people about, you know, there's this whole wave of a lot of people sounding like Juice World. Love it. I mean, he's a super <laughs> talented dude, but people miss it. They miss the reason. They they love him because he was incredibly him, carved out his own space, was open to being him, created his own approach. And that's what you should be inspired by. Not by the sound, not by the way he did it, but by the fact he did it and find what your version of that is don't mm. don't be don't get confused as to why it is why it means what it means to you and then if you can encompass that and encompass yourself in that way that's how you find your way so good brother and that that is obviously not just music right it, that implies with of course everything is finding your own unique groove um no matter what it is that one's starting i know for myself um i for a long time when I was in the fitness space, I, uh, I, I, I was in a situation where I would <laughs> try to make myself look like my favorite YouTuber, you know, um, and try to act like my favorite YouTuber. And I put on this whole character and there was just such a disconnect. Not only was I not happy in that space, but I, I, quite honestly, there was just a lack of connection with those that were observing it. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, definitely as I've, come away from that space and uh, delve deeper into the business uh, aspect of things and entrepreneurial aspect of things, man, the uh, overall impact that's created with um, the amount of effort is so much different. The ratio is different, right? Before it was a huge amount of effort for a little bit of amount of impact because I wasn't super relatable because I was a character. Now it's, you know, a smaller amount of effort for a greater amount of impact yep. with individuals because there's that strong level of relatability there um, because I'm choosing to be me. And that's, I mean, what else is more relatable than a real person? That's, oh, that's so good, brother. It's a journey for sure. It's an easy thing to say, but it's definitely a hard thing to actually let go and allow yourself to be who you are within it. And that takes a lot of 
this is what a lot of people lack is a lot of self-awareness and a lot of self-discovery. And, you know, it's hard to look in that mirror and be like, who am I at the end of the day? But that's, that's the work that's going to get you to where you're going. It, 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 it's not even with your craft. It's not even with your art. It's not even, it's nothing. It, it, it's all rooted in your human experience. Cause that's what all art spurs from what I was talking about earlier. So going on these extremely human journeys are what's going to increase your impact with your art tenfold. That's, mm. that's it. But that, that, that's not even, that doesn't even need a studio. That doesn't even need a freaking paintbrush. That doesn't need any of that. Doesn't even need a camera. The real work that you need to do to make it happen is 100% between you and yourself. That's it. Oh yeah. So good. And I'd love to wrap up with just these last two questions, brother. Um, first is someone that's got that someone that's in a dark, like in a difficult situation right now, right? Um, just in general, whether it's in their relationship, whether it's in their business, whether it's just in life in general, uh, within their social group, whatever that is, they're in a difficult situation. What would you say to them? Be compassionate for yourself. 100%. I think it's hard to, that's the self-love thing. It's it, it, If you put yourself in situations, you know, I know people who are, you know, in relationships and it looks great on Instagram and, yeah. you know, you put out a thing to the world, but you're miserable. You're miserable. Yeah. And if you are miserable, you have to be, I know so many people, I, I, unfortunately, you know, I know people like this who are like, they're more concerned than with how it looks than what it is. Oh, and yeah. it, it, come on, dude. No, it, it, how it looks is BS. Yeah. Yeah. Your Instagram's going to look great. Like, but what is that actually? You're dying inside. Yeah. You're dying inside. Go freaking treat yourself with love. Find something that, you know, find your way to a place where you're not living in pain, like, like, like especially self-inflicted, um, because you're putting yourself in that situation. That, that's You got a terrible circle of friends? Find new friends. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. hard to say, but what do you like to do? Go find people who like to do what you like to do. Go find people who like to listen to what you like to listen to. Um, you know, we have the internet and a connection is more easily accessible than ever. Um, or disconnection is more accessible than ever. It's it's like everything else. The universe is constantly balancing out. You can choose two paths, always. Um, and uh, it's, it's just the self-love thing is like, it, this is, I mean, I've been in relationships where I'm like, if I can just do everything perfect, if I can just do this, it'll be enough and they'll love me and all this. And, and it's never enough. That's their whole thing. That's their whole thing. They want, they get you to do everything they want you to do because they're never going to reward you for it because they're like, Oh, I got to keep a carrot in front of your face as you're freaking running this marathon for me, you know? Um, But you got to love yourself and be like, this is not healthy for me. No matter what it is, it's a great big world. There's a lot of people out here and you're going to find people who love you for who you are and allow you to be fully who you are. And you got to stop accepting this, you know, this, this, long-lived thing of we accept the reality which we are presented um and we become prisoners of our own reality and you gotta freaking look outside of that and be like you know what this isn't it's even what i was talking about earlier i was like i've been doing this for a long time i'm self-aware of it but i'm choosing to accept this reality and i have time and time again um you gotta realize that at the end of the day people maybe people treat you shitty People treated you terribly, but you put yourself in a situation to make that happen. And you continue to. And the only way you're going to get out of that is to break free of it and decide that your reality can be more. So on point. Thank you. No, I appreciate you having me. Ah, of course, man. I'm, I appreciate you being on. So what lights you up, brother? I think just bringing ideas to life. That's my biggest thing these days. I, I think also writing songs for me that what I was talking about earlier if I can come out the other side of writing something and have some kind of realization about myself or come to an epiphany about a situation, that's what I live for, for sure. Mm. But at the end of the day, I'm a huge, even with the merch, even with the music, everything is like, when I see an idea of mine come to life and basically, you know, that alchemy of an idea actually becoming a physical manifestation of that idea, that's, I don't know if that's a, a God complex, 
It might be slightly toxic, but it's that idea of, you know, this was in my head and now like even with my vinyl figures, my that stuff, it's like I can hold it. Like it's something that was in my head and it's it's a physical album, it's a physical piece of merch. It's a I love that. I love the power to create. I, I think it's a beautiful thing to be like, this was in my head and now it's a thing. Even with songs. Like like songs come out of thin air. It's like I have an idea and uh now it's a song. Now it lives on an album. Now it's a, a a soundtrack to someone else's experience that's wild to me thank you so much man for being on i uh, it means more than you know it really does and i'm sure that many of the words that you shared resonated with many of the people that listen uh quite honestly guys uh, it's, it's definitely been a fantastic opportunity for me um it's been amazing to have you on brother thank you where can they find you uh that's um, ideal for you no i really appreciate you having me this has been awesome i always i i appreciate a good talk always this is this is part of what i live for for sure i guess awesome. this lights me up to be quite oh, honest i, so I cool, love man. great conversations and you know there, there's nothing like a you know human to human experience of uh you know communication i love it um okay so social media wise instagram abstract 307 uh you can go to spotify just look up abstract yeah i got the blue check one. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then uh i guess youtube is abstract the rapper um if you want to find my clothes and everything else i make you can go to moon five two that's spelled out f-i-v-e-t-w-o moon five two apparel.com um my artist website is abstractthearticist.com facebook you know abstract um TikTok abstract the rapper if you're into that sort of thing. Cool. Um, I'm trying to get better at TikTok. Got to join the youngins. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Beautiful brother. So um, for those that are interested, I'll have all those details and their links as well in the show notes below, so you can go there and find abstract. So uh, I highly recommend guys following him. Uh, not only does he uh, share a lot about what's going on in his life uh, through his music as well. There's just such a deep integrated storytelling uh, aspect of his music that comes through. That's always so relatable. So definitely hit across. I mean, my top three songs uh, from abstract is I do this, uh, nobody and scars. I those three are my big three um, from your work, brother. So um, I just thought I'd put that out there um, as if anyone's interested in listening to the stuff that I love and thanks so much guys for listening means a lot as always it really really does um if you found this impactful you learned anything on this podcast um you know please do share or uh leave a review uh those both enable us to actually reach more people that uh want to hear the stuff and actually probably need to hear some of the stuff um i know for myself uh the sort of words that uh luke's been speaking on uh would have been like already it's definitely been impactful now but man if i'd heard these sort of words when I was, um, you know, four or five years ago, uh, man, it would have been life-changing for me. It really would have. And some people just don't really, unfortunately, have access to or really have in their circle um, an opportunity to listen to these sort of perspectives or understandings. So it really does serve other people more than you know um, in sharing this sort of stuff. So it would really mean a lot. Thanks so much, guys, for listening once again. So much love for you guys. And I'll see you later. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me.